morning, Urban Village Church, and happy Easter. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. My name is Emily McGinley. You can talk about me using the pronouns she, her, and hers, and I have the great joy of serving as executive pastor at Urban Village Church in a ministry alongside many of the folks that you have already seen and will see um, as part of this worship service this morning. As we prepare our hearts and minds um, for what it is that God may have to say to us on this tremendous day, um, I'd invite you to join me in a word of prayer. God, we are grateful for this opportunity to gather together across space and time, wherever we find ourselves, to settle in and be confronted by the astonishment of your power in this world on this day. So I ask God that you would help us to be present wherever it is that we find ourselves, to, to really dig in deep to what it is that you have to say to us today, to be comforted, to be challenged, to be inspired, and to be grounded in your grace, in your possibility of new life, and in the lives that you have given to us as your beloved children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're like me uh, these days, you've probably been seeing an increasing number of folks walking around with masks on. Now, it's a natural progression from the very early precautions we were urged to take on, beginning with washing our hands thoroughly while singing perhaps the birthday song or reciting Lord of the Rings prophecies or even uh, rapping along with Lupe Fiasco. We've been thoroughly schooled in all of the ways that we unknowingly and unwittingly either contract or transmit viruses. We've entered into some kind of next level Jedi self-control as we resist the urge to scratch our noses in public lest we violate the no touching your face rule. And we've been encouraged to take every precaution. And so we're seeing folks walking around with whatever protection that they've got, masks that are homemade or pinched from some kind of underground personal protective equipment black market. Some are making do with bandanas, which really have me thinking about the Wild West or uh, Pride Fest rodeo clowns, if you are like Sana uh, from our Edgewater location. Breath, and more precisely the droplets that accompany it, have become a concern of high level. And so it is, it is no longer a subject to, that's relegated to oral health or Tic Tacs, but has taken on an almost near life or death uh, quality. And so forgive me if the first thing that I noticed in our scripture passage for this morning was not the empty tomb, but rather the fact that Jesus had the gall to actually breathe on his disciples. Mayor Lori would not be amused by our Lord and Savior. But of course, the most astonishing thing is not that Jesus breathed on them and not even that God deemed it essential that a woman, three, if you're reading Mark, not only be the first to discover and share the news of an empty tomb, but also bear witness and encounter his physical resurrected self. No, as confounding as something like that highest appointment and privilege might be to modern day political imaginations, the most astonishing part of this story, of course, is a resurrected body of Jesus Christ just three days after an unjust, horrific, and undeniably public death. In a political and spiritual climate where anxiety, fear, and despair aren't just the air we breathe, but shape the very lives that we live, what is anyone to make of such news? Fantasies and wishes like these aren't going to easily cut through the brutal realities that have shaped the world that the disciples lived in, so gathered together, fearing that moment when paramilitary government agents dedicated to rounding up bad hombres arrive at their doorsteps, they shelter in place. He may be risen, but fear is at full stature. How do we celebrate God's power and might and the hope of victory over death in a time when brutal realities saturate our psyches? When, we, when projections for peak COVID-19 impact are not behind us, but rather in the imminent future. 
and that far too many of those bodies which comprise that peak reveal deep and ongoing historic inequities for black people in our healthcare systems. What does it say uh, when even in the midst of health precautions, black men fear the consequences of walking around with masks on or when applications for unemployment tally to 6.6 million and eviction notices are multiplying. The fear and anxiety are real and the pull toward despair feels inescapable. And yet if there is anything or anyone who knows anything about voids of despair and the brutality of unjust death-dealing systems, it's Jesus, fresh off capital punishment with the weeping wounds to prove it. His visit to the disciples later in the day is evidence that what we see is not all what we can get, that our current reality does not in fact determine our present possibilities. And so he invites them and us toward a way of being and understanding that goes beyond this moment, not as escapism or delusion or even a coping mechanism, but as a truth that, as just, that is just as true as any pandemic projection. Grace, forgiveness, spiritual generosity, and transformative hope are not for when things get better, when things get back to normal. They are true now, perhaps even especially now, even in this moment of fear and uncertainty. Don't believe me? Well, how about this? Happy Easter again. Easter is my favorite church season, not because of egg hunt and my rabbit hat. Even though there is no Easter gifts like Christmas gifts and there is no Christmas carol, the good news of risen Christ is good enough itself. It gives me a new hope for the new life always. Especially this year, as much as I eagerly have been waiting for the Easter, Time seems to be passing so slowly for the last 40 days. For the Easter, I found my rabbit hat from my moving box that hasn't been opened since last June and prepared the message for the Easter, but the waiting was so tough and difficult, especially in the midst of pandemic. Our friend Jeff and Karen from South Loop would have the same feeling when they had to return home from the hospital without having the scheduled C-section that morning and had to wait one more week to have their baby. If we were in normal situation, I mean, without COVID-19, they would have met their baby and given their first hug and their weight should have been over that day. I'm sure on that week of waiting would be the most difficult and anxious time for this family. However, there is always a new hope and joy at the end of waiting. On March 31st at 2.26 p.m., baby Jasper Hyatt Jones was born, weighing seven pounds in one ounce and measuring 20.5 inches. I still remember the moment that I heard this good news from Jeff and saw their first family picture. It was filled with great joy that comes from a relief and a new hope that comes from the anticipation of things what this little baby is going to bring. Finally, the wait was over and all the worries and anxieties that this family has been experienced turned into the great joy and gratitude immediately as soon as they met Jasper. Thank for your prayer and support for this family. This morning, 
our wait is also over. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. This good news, the resurrection of Jesus might give us a great joy because the risen Christ is visiting us and be with us. And this good news might guide us to the new hope that will turn our fear and worries into the great joy and gratitude immediately as soon as we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. Friends, Christ is risen today. Let us rejoice. Amen. Now you might be thinking, you know, baby Jasper was well on his way before COVID-19 was a thing. That doesn't count. Okay, if new life emerging amidst narratives of death and decline doesn't do it for you, then how about this? Hi, my name is Christian Kuhn. I'm the pastor of Emerging Ministries at Urban Village, and also I'm the pastor at River Forest United Methodist Church. My pronouns are he, him, and his. Many of you know we've been exploring the potential of a fifth site for Urban Village in the near western suburbs, and we're doing this with the potential of a partnership with River Forest United Methodist. So I've been serving as that congregation's pastor since last July. It's been a joy to work with them. It's a small congregation, mainly made up of seniors, so we've been exploring the potential of doing church online, as with everyone else, these last few weeks, including the wonders of Zoom. We had a trustee meeting a couple of weeks ago on Zoom, and it worked pretty well, though one of the members of that committee is a woman named Thelma. Thelma had a hard time getting that software on her computer, and so she called in and could still participate. This past week, as I was emailing different members of the church asking if they wanted to participate in a Zoom Monday Thursday, I wasn't sure how many would participate. But one who did was Thelma. She said she wanted to try one more time to get the software on her computer so that she could take part in this meal. A member of this launch team of this proposed fifth site is Meg Park, and Meg had offered to be a tech advisor for anyone who needed help. And so I paired Meg and Thelma together, and last night, as we gathered together around our laptops and around our phones and our iPads, there were some people from Urban Village on the call or on the, at the table, and some people from River Forest United Methodist, and there popped up Thelma. And when Thelma saw somebody else from River Forest, one of her first words were, it is so good to see you. And when she said that, I thought about Mary's words, I have seen the Lord. There was joy in Thelma's voice, just as I imagined there was great joy in Mary's voice too. And when I thought about Thelma's resilience, her determination to be part of this meal, and I thought about Meg's offer of service and help to Thelma, the combination of both of these things gave, gave me, and still give me, hope. And it continues to help me also say the same words. It is so good to see you, and indeed, I have seen the Lord. And if that isn't enough, then consider this. The places this Easter where I have been finding hope and resurrection and encouragement, which for me has meant literally some days, the courage that I need to get through whatever is happening and whatever is coming next is in you. 
and to so many people all across our country, all across our world, who are doing what I consider to be the most Christian thing of all, caring for others in a time of deep need. The moment of the resurrection and passion story, the last days of Jesus's life and the days that he comes back to us, that I return to over and over again, are the moments when he, on the cross, looks at John and Mary, two of the people he loves the most in the world, and tells them to take care of each other whenever it feels like he's gone. To take care of each other whenever it feels hard. To take care of each other when what feels like the worst thing happens in the world you will still be there for each other. And I have seen that so powerfully in you. Right now we have over 110 people in care circles, people texting each other encouragement on a morning or offering to help with money or food or simply saying, you can do it, you can get through this, you are enough, don't worry about your productivity. We have people in small groups that have moved online who are caring for each other in such deep and loving ways. I am inspired by it. Every time I hear a new story of how people are showing up for each other, giving one another the encouragement that gets us through whatever the world has to offer. And not only that, it's all of the people who are affecting all of our lives on an everyday basis. The grocery workers in our congregation who make sure that people are fed at great risk to themselves and their bodies. The bosses, the managers, the employees who have advocated at their workplaces for masks and for what people need to feel safe. We see you, we hear you. Those who are doctors and nurses and janitors and cafeteria workers at hospitals who are serving all of us. You are all a part of this community. You are all a part of what is sustaining me. And you are all a part of the place where I see the Holy Spirit moving as we believe that resurrection is real and that the most painful part is never the last part of the story that God is telling of this world. People are finding new ways to creatively love and serve and be in community with one another to dig deeper and imagine more broadly what it looks like to be and act as a people who see beyond this present moment. Since we have launched our call for donations to the COVID-19 fund, many of you have helped those funds to multiply, enabling us to help each other, who help those who have been caught up short due to sudden losses of income, and there are so many more examples of this. Our partners and siblings in Christ at River Forest United Methodist Church have figured out how to pivot in their ministry at the Proviso Township Food Pantry as they offer prepackaged groceries for curbside pickup. This is an ongoing ministry that you can participate in alongside with yet another opportunity next week to pack up and drop off sack suppers in South Shore with the night ministry. And let me know if you're interested in helping out with either of these, I'll get you hooked up. A week or so, I read about how doctors are experimenting with the plasma of those who have successfully recovered from COVID-19. When the body has overcome what tried to destroy it, the strategy is to share that power, to pass on antibodies that are fresh from the fight and know how to do battle. Now, it's still too early to tell whether this will be an effective strategy for overcoming or addressing COVID-19, but I'll tell you what, it is not too early to tell whether it's an effective strategy for the body of Christ. There are powerful possibilities, spiritual antibodies, if you will, which have been transfused to us by the risen Christ who is fresh from battle, who knows how to fight the pandemic of death and the virus of despair, who knows how to fall down and rise again. 
These antibodies guarantee us confidence and knowledge that death and despair, injustice and evil will not, cannot, do not have the last word. When Jesus breathes on his disciples that evening, he gifted to them and to us today antibodies that enable us to successfully do battle against every power, principality, and projection that seeks to the demise of our spiritual and communal health. We know this because we are seeing it play out right before our very eyes. People are showing up with what they have, not just because they love UVC, but because this is what it means to be a people of resurrection. Not just because we have the means, but because we have the spiritual impetus and urge to support life wherever we can. To be a body which houses the necessary antibodies to effectively fight the disease of our social, spiritual, and structural illnesses. And the astonishing God math of this is that when we do this, we multiply and transmit those antibodies to others. Like a counter virus, we infect others with life. We infect others with hope and with the power to live from a different set of truths in the face of what we read in the news. And so in the midst of this moment, even as we look toward next week, when Illinois is set to hit its own peak projection for the novel coronavirus, even as illness ravages the lungs and broken realities that lead us to echo the haunting words of Eric Garner, I can't breathe. Even in the midst of all of this, Jesus breathes spiritual oxygen of fresh life and the Holy Spirit to renew the lungs of our souls and ignite our spiritual imaginations. Be encouraged and be renewed as you shelter in place, as you go to your essential job and serve one another wherever you are. And do not be discouraged or disheartened, for you carry within you already the necessary antibodies gifted to you by the risen Christ to overcome despair, to resist the pull toward hopelessness and helplessness, to proclaim a truth that is greater than any pandemic projection, that death has no dominion where the body of Christ is alive. And the body of Christ is alive, passing on counter viral antibodies wherever we show up and whenever we show up. With, for one another, especially among the least of these, professing, proclaiming, and living life in the face of a death-dealing, despair-soaked world. Let us pray. God, we are grateful for the gift of these antibodies that help us to claim and proclaim life wherever we find ourselves. Help us to live a resurrection reality and the truth of your presence in our lives, not just as individuals, but as a body who are committed to carrying forward your vision and your message of wholeness of life for all. We pray this with gratitude at the risen Christ and all that he gifts to us. In his name we pray, amen.